Hello and welcome back to the Extended Cut. Pastor Casey here along with me, Pastor Chris Honor. That's me. Welcome. Welcome. To the pod. Thanks. Welcome to my own dining room table. <laughs> yes. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Such a long journey you made and we're so blessed and graced by your presence here today. Uh, it's it's good to be here. You know, it's the hard journey to get here really makes it that much more rewarding to be here. That's true. Yeah. We could just do a whole podcast on that. I mean, that'll preach. It'll preach, but it's maybe not the topic we're we plan to discuss today. So I digress. Well, we are so thankful that you have tuned in with us today. Thanks for listening in. Again, the Extended Cut is a weekly podcast from Grace City of Eugene, where we go through and we talk more about our Sunday sermons. And we invite someone else to share some reflections, ask some questions, and just dive a little deeper into what we talked about on Sunday. If you've not had the chance, uh, you can go ahead and check out Pastor Chris's sermon from this weekend, Set Apart Sermon Series, Week 3, titled Holiness Revealed. So if you haven't listened to that, go take a listen before you continue on. But before we jump into a recap of the sermon, let's talk about what's upcoming at Gray City. We've got a couple fun things coming up. We've got social events for men and women in the church. February 9th, that's this coming Friday. We've got a men's axe throwing event. Registration spots are filling up, so make sure you get back to us ASAP if you're planning to go. I've texted every man in the church, I believe, and so everyone's got, you know, more than enough heads up at this point. You know, it's coming. We need you there. It's going to be a hoot. Be there. Be there. Mm -hmm. February 25th, we've got a ladies' social event at the Zoner Home, where we're sitting right now, but we won't be here. Uh, they're going to have an evening of fellowship, just space to connect, catch up, have some fun together. Uh, more details probably available through the emails that Bree or Drea sends out. So that'll be Sunday, February 25th. Uh, so look out for that. Join uh, we've also got men's and women's retreats coming up. Registration is open now for the men's weekend. Again, similarly, spots are filling up. It's really exciting to see uh, everyone getting excited and registered for this. Uh, we've got payment plans uh, for folks that are maybe facing uh, difficulties and considering how am I going to pay 150 bucks? You know, you don't have to pay for it all at once. Additionally, we've got scholarships for those that need them. Uh, we want to help you get there. So uh, please register for that. You can learn more and take next steps at gracedeugene.com. That's the one. Events. And uh, save the date for the women's retreat, April 26th through 28th. Also 150 bucks. Same spot, Camp Tadmore. Going to be a couple powerful weekends to connect with uh, folks in the church and to grow closer to God and to lean into some of these uh, themes and convictions we really believe for our ministries this year. So be there. It's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah. Sounds great. Perfect. 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 We got good chemistry today. Vibing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need more coffee, but we hit record, so we're not going to do that. Wake me up, Holy Spirit. Wake me up. Pastor Chris, let's begin our conversation regarding your sermon from this weekend. Uh, give us a little recap. Set apart week three, holiness revealed. Holiness revealed. 
So we started out this whole series talking about how first uh, our foundation has to be on God's holiness, not on our own, on our own works. And then you talked about what has broken off that relationship or our relationship with a holy God. And this week we're coming back around to how God revealed a way for humans, mankind, to relate to him and pursue holiness and be in the presence of that and what he did um, maybe pre-Jesus coming back, but what he uh, instituted for a way to deal with with sin and make that relationship uh, approachable. And that's in Leviticus, and we talked about that. And, and also, like, what are some of the points coming out of that that we need to understand to be able to walk forward and appreciate this whole concept of God's holiness and our pursuit of holiness and to fully receive what like he's done for us because of first of all how bad our sin is and that's kind of where this one started like our sin's much worse than we think and oftentimes people resist getting into that because it's like oh we're just you know focusing on the bad part it's like no but by realizing the depth of that then we can really appreciate like what Christ has done and what the extent that God has went to to pursue us and restore relationship and um, and our our position with Him is that much more meaningful. So that's kind of where we started. Our sins much worse than we think. Then we talked about how God's grace is much greater than we think. Jesus is our high priest who solves that problem for us. We got to receive that by faith. And then as we live in a manner of pursuing holiness, we get to experience God's grace in that. Mm-hmm. And finally, just that, um, that a, a worshipful lifestyle should be the result of those things coming together. When those things are realized, when they're walked out, when they're practiced, we see a worshipful lifestyle as the result. And so that's a bit of the journey we went on. Now there's a lot of illustrations or explanations of of scriptural truths and things that we get to understand more deeply through Leviticus in the midst of that message but that was our that was our roadmap yeah no I really enjoyed this message and I really enjoy you know there's there's off there's like certain texts that we can avoid because they feel really heavy or they're steeped in the Mosaic Covenant in such a way that it feels really unapplicable to us. Uh, but one of the things that I just was really reminded of in this sermon as we looked at this text is that we have the same God that is revealed through Jesus who was revealed through the covenants of the Old Testament and that God has been always trying to make a way for humanity mm-hmm. to be restored to right relationship with God. And that it wasn't just like this, you know, God waited, you know, 1,500 years for Jesus to show up or whatever you may often think or or feel like it is. But God was constantly providing means in which people could have right relationship with God, that people could experience the grace and mercy of God despite their horrible sin and rebellion against him. And I just love any time we actually take a moment to sit down and look at these texts to think about how they kind of like foreshadow what what Jesus would do, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things I, I you mentioned a couple of different times throughout the sermon that like uh, you know your dashboard light should be coming on right now that like Jesus 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 mm-hmm. like there's just so many beautiful things like this and 
we often don't take the time to really thoughtfully and meaningfully work through Leviticus or Deuteronomy. And and it's tough. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't say that like, you know, to, to condemn people that don't, I mean, I, I, it's not my first pick when I go to my, my Bible time. And I'm, I'm like a, I'm, I'm trained how to read this stuff and study it and know it. And I'm still like, I'm good. I'll, I'll pick up gospel of John or (laughs) I'll go read Hebrews or something like, um, (laughs) And so that's, it's, it's, I'm talking to me too, like the, the difficulty in jumping into these texts and making them uh, feel relevant and meaningful to us can be really challenging. But if we, if we press in, like the same God is there and there's, there's a lot of beauty to be revealed in that. And so I just, I was really encouraged and reminded of that this weekend. That's great. Let's just consider a handful of these points. Um, we won't go through all six of them because you did a whole sermon on six of them. It's true. Uh, but, you know, we'll just provide a, a little bit more conversation around a few of these points. Uh, you know, I talked about sin some in my sermon, and then it comes up again here. And as as we've mentioned throughout, I mean, if we're going to talk about holiness, we got to talk about the opposite of it. Right. And like, it's, it's just very real. And so on one hand, you can almost say like, well, didn't we just have a sermon on this last week talking about sin, but it's, it's just constantly applicable. Didn't you just struggle with it yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Again today. (laughs) It's just something that's always, it's always present, always present, always relevant to talk through. And, uh, one of the things as I just thought about like this, you know, this, uh, this idea, this point that our sin is much worse than we think is the consequences of sin are so much worse than we think. You know, I, I think so much of the time, this is one of the ways that it, it really sparked, sparked my mind to, to think, consider this. A lot of people get frustrated when they look at injustice and brokenness in the world. Um, because they say, well, why isn't God doing something about that? Or, um, you know, why, why, how could he be good if these things are allowed? And I think the, the more that I've studied sin and I've really considered it, and I've, as I've reflected in my own life, like just the, the very real realities of like what happens when you sin and hurt people and damage things and hurt yourself, um, is that like, when we experience the brokenness of the world, like it should be like a red flag to us of how horrible sin is because sin is the reason we're witnessing these horrible things. Sin is the reason we're experiencing such bitterness and pain and frustration as we look at the world around us. And it's never been God's fault that that those things occur, occur but it has to do with the wickedness yeah. in ourselves that is so much worse than we often give it credit. Yeah, or w- want to acknowledge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I find that <clears throat> myself included, but people in general just have a really interesting relationship with this concept of sin. And it can be a little bit um, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But finding the tension of what it looks like to actually, actually walk in the reality of what sin is now and the effects it still has on the world until Jesus comes back. Um, 
but also what has been instituted in his life, death, and resurrection, the grace yeah. and mercy that we've received. And it's really easy to pick a side. Be yeah. like, I'm just a trash person. I'm horrible. Why am I even, you know, like just right. fully in the eyes focused on how bad sin is. Or you get the other side where it's like, hey, but there's grace for that. I got Christian liberty. Like, it doesn't matter what I do because Jesus is going to forgive me. Yeah. And it's like, what functional relationship have you ever been in where you can do the same hurtful, deceptive things day after day and it does not at least decrease trust, yeah. if not fully eliminate it? Yep. And if you want to sit here and preach, this is about relationship, not religion. You know, the religious response to grace is to abuse it. The relational response to grace is to, like, steward it. Yeah. And so you can't, you can't really have both of those. And so as, as Christians, what does it look like to acknowledge, man, yeah, sin's really bad. And I actually hate sin. And that's why I want to love Jesus better. I want to follow him better. And I know I'm going to mess up, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to abuse his grace. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know... It, Academically, there's probably things I say in there that people might be like, what about, but like just from a heart, like posture, there is a tension to be walked in. Yeah. And it's really hard, I think, for people to acknowledge that and even find where that kind of yeah. equilibrium is. I like that language you use of like to hate sin. You know, I, I think like hate is often something that we just try to like remove from language altogether. Um, but like God hates sin absolutely, and we should hate it. And I think like that's what I've began to experience more and more as I, as I just grow in my faith in God and my belief in what his word says about sin and its consequences is that like when I observe brokenness and wickedness in the world, it doesn't, it's less so now that I'm saying like, why God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this? But it's like, man, sin is so horrible mm -hmm. that it would result in this outcome, that it would infect people in this way, that it would cause somebody to go down this path or to make this decision. And it's just one of those things that I really do believe like as, as time goes on, as we press into God's word, as we ask God to just really imprint his heart in, in us is like, that hatred for sin because it's so much worse than we think it is. Yeah. There's few things that I would acknowledge that I hate. Yeah. Sin, Satan, and his schemes. Yeah. And, you know, without putting a ton of thought into it, I think most of the, th like, most fits into that. Yeah. Um, and his Maybe schemes, his, but I think that's, he came to steal, yeah. kill, and destroy, right? Yeah. That's, to me, that's a scheme. And, and it's important to acknowledge that his schemes are not the people he works his schemes yeah. through. Yep. And so um, I don't think that as Christians we can hate people, we can hate the demonic influence that may possess or have power over them, the principalities at work, the all of that. But um, I hate sin, and I hate Satan, and I hate his schemes. Yeah. And if I can frame things in that then there's a common righteous enemy. Yeah. Not the people, but what's behind it. Yep. And um, an enemy of God is an enemy of mine in that sake, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Absolutely. That and was I, not premeditated. Uh, was. No, it's and I, I think it it protects you again from that <clears throat> frustration or that temptation to blame God. 
um, because you are rightly recognizing there's an enemy at, at war with God in mm-hmm. this world. And this is not his doing. This is not what, what God is intended or what he wants to do, but he instead takes what the enemy intended for evil and uses it for good. Mm-hmm. And then we get to then rightfully turn our hearts to God for healing and for restoration and redemption for things that only he can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard an illustration once and I may butcher it, but Hey, do it. Know. Chop it how up. How many, how far does this podcast really go? <laughs> <laughs> Shout um, out our listeners. God brings order. The enemy brings chaos. God has an agenda to restore his people to him. The devil has no agenda other than an anti-God agenda, right? To just reinstitute chaos, to bring separation and and all that. And so if we look at the mechanism of like a traffic light and a four-way stop, um, like it brings order. It helps things function in an appropriate way where everyone can relate in that environment together in a healthy way. If some sort something happens that messes up that traffic light, and there then there's a wreck. There's like a collision. There's tension in that intersection. Like it's not the other person's fault that hits you. It's not the other people's fault around you. Right. It's the the mechanism that has brought chaos into that environment. Yeah. And so, um, if we then say, oh, this this traffic lights like the interruption or interference with those could correlate to just a, a scheme of the enemy, then am I mad at that person for hitting me or like, no, because they didn't, they didn't cause it. The chaos was instituted by this outside of this environment scheme, so to speak. And so if we can view kind of situations like that and, and frame it with a different perspective than like, how dare you right to, to every person that crosses us or we feel like wrongs us and like what might be going on and what, things that the enemy might be putting in as mechanisms of chaos actually causes and then like be be mad at the one who's making yeah. this stuff happen yeah. and now there's natural consequences to sin and people's decisions and all that i'm not removing personal responsibility necessarily but there is systemic cosmic things that we are yeah. dealing with and Absolutely. so to narrow it down to just like casey you looked at me mean and i don't want to do this <laughs> podcast with you anymore and uh like, but that's that's kind of yeah. the level that a lot of human Absolutely. interactions have gotten to. No, it's true. Uh, and if 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 listeners have ever heard, you know, Pastor Seth Trimmer, you you hear him talk about like Genesis uh, and like the language that's kind of that like the Hebrew language that's used in the creation narrative. Um, that he's he's gotten a lot of that from. Uh, a professor I had in seminary as well, uh, Gary Brashears, where he talks about like the creation that was come together was like God taking chaos and disorder and bringing it into order, something that's beautiful and functional and useful. Yeah. And, and to Tove. Yes, into Tove. And uh, the what I I love that you said like chaos because that's that's like that's a language that the Hebrew wording kind of conjures up is like out of chaos comes order and beauty and like just what God intends for the created world and Satan's agenda is to bring it back to chaos. And so Gary Brashears always talks in this language of like, I believe God is building his kingdom 
in the midst of a cosmic battle. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's like his whole framework is like this cosmic battle that's happening where yeah. God is trying to continue to restore it and redeem it back into that right way it was made to be. And Satan's goal is to disrupt all of creation and bring it back into just chaos and nonsense and destruction. Yeah, it's really good. I believe it's out of Tohu Vavohu into Tov, right? I, the, yeah, it sounds right. Sounds right. That's Go listen my, to Seth. My, my PhD in Hebrew. <laughs> Go listen to Seth. You know, it comes up every few sermons. <laughs> they used to. I don't. I would doubt it does anymore like that. But it's a uh, when it, it's important framework. It so is, and and that's what I was going to say is like when it's when you take on something that pivotal for your worldview, you begin to recognize it everywhere, mm. and you see the war zone that we live in. The, the spiritual cosmic war zone that we're a part of as followers of Christ. There we go. So that's sin. <laughs> Definitely not getting six points. Not getting six points. Now we're 21 minutes into this thing already. But, uh, you know, let's let's just talk about God's grace through Jesus. and Talk and about some goats. What's, what's made available yeah. uh, to us. Yeah, I think... I didn't get to spend a lot of time on it, but I was hearing conversations of people who like, I never heard about these, this day of atonement and the goats and stuff. And like, they almost wanted a whole sermon on that. And speaking of pastor Seth, I remember just every time I preach on this, there was an Easter service where he brought two goats out I was there. on the stage <laughs> with a tarp. And he was preaching this in the context of Easter. And I didn't know what was happening. He wouldn't tell anybody, but I remember people literally like, gasping thinking he was about to sacrifice a goat and we was I going ot was out up there that goat. yeah and he sent one out and then he especially because he had the tarp on yes. stage and everything and come find us because you know couldn't get those droppings on the stage at the yeah. white side theater but man it's such vivid yes. imagery and uh yeah i just that I was can't wild help. it was nuts it was <laughs> it, but no one in that room will ever forget. Absolutely. I've talked to dozens so of people. monumental. Yeah, who who remember that. It was just <laughs> like, is he going to kill the guy? Is he going to kill the guy? You just hear it going it's so anxious the whole <laughs> service. Everybody's just sitting there. What all are we about stuff? to witness? <laughs> it's one of those churches. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, man. So part of me uh, didn't go into it a ton because I'm like, how do I even do it service when sure. I've experienced, when that was, when I heard it really yeah. and, it, and it stuck in, but just this idea of throughout this entire sacrificial system on the day of atonement in Leviticus, how so much of it just points to Jesus. Yeah. The, the two goats and the one is sacrificed that represents the atonement. Right. And then the one that the scapegoat, good old Azalea, um, that has all of the transgressions of the people of Israel cast upon it. And then it's sent as far as the East is from the West, like basically to, to perish. Yeah. It's not like they gave it a bag of food and right. some shelter. It was yeah. like, peace out. Yeah. Um, but away from us. Yeah. Um, it was like exiled away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that the high priest did all of the stuff on that day, just one person did all the work for the atonement of an entire people. Like that's what you're saying. Like the, the flags of like, Whoa, Jesus, 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 the flashing lights should be going off. And I just, the more I dig into the old Testament, the more I love how everything just points to Jesus. Yeah. 
Now you need to read your entire Bible to see how that how that all goes together. Yeah. But man, it is it is hey, it, it it could be really easy to think of a way that God has this patch over quote unquote job now. Right. But then Jesus comes like, no, it is so intentionally preparing you because all of this was the scripture that these people had as Jesus came to earth. Right. And it should like, oh, whoa, this is just all pointing to this. And there's so much just what I call hyperlinking between them. And like, it's so intricate. It is so intentional. And it just, it, it fires me up. I mean, we got comments when I'm preaching through Exodus as I'm drawing these correlations. Like, my guy's really excited about about the plagues. And it's because the Old Testament is not just about the old God. Yeah. Like, the first 11 chapters of Genesis tell you the whole Bible, if you, <laughs> if you understand it. And mm-hmm. so I just, I love how much it points to Jesus. And I try to let that out when I preach, hoping that that excitement can be contagious so that people will desire to take in the entire word of God and see how throughout time it is the same God, different periods, different systems, all building towards something that is not just a, oh, people screwed up. So now I got to figure out what to do with my son. Like, no, 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 Yeah. In Leviticus, it's all pointing yes. to that. In Genesis, it's all pointing to that. So anyway, it, 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 yes, this all highlights God's grace. It highlights everything he did for us, does through us, through Jesus. Um, but the intricacies and the intentionality is just yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love, you know, John, John is, is like my favorite gospel to read through. And in the very beginning, uh, John one twenty nine, uh, when Jesus is seen by John the Baptist, that's, like the very thing that that John thinks of is he says, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world," is like he just recognizes the fulfillment of that imagery that they're they would have been so familiar with, so mm-hmm. so steeped in. He says, "This is the one we've been waiting yeah. for. This is the one that all of that history points to, and so much more than just the Lamb." Like you said, representative of the High yeah. Priest as well, and all these things. It's 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 remarkable and like i can imagine a similar excitement when he's saying this to like when i'm sitting here talking about like you guys you gotta get this yep. right like yep. this is the guy yeah <laughs> and so that's awesome yeah well that's great what um you know what are you looking forward to as we continue through this holiness sermon series coming out of out of uh talking about this this topic this idea out of coming out of this idea i think part of me is looking forward to um a, a message like this like you got to point to jesus because it points to jesus yeah but we're trying to build like our realization of what holiness is and so there's this tension of gotta gotta help people understand what this is pointing to but we're not just putting it all out there yeah. yet, right? And yeah. so, um, you know, we'll be in Hebrews this week. Um, but just, like, let's – I'm excited to complete it. It's like yeah. 
Christmas time's coming, and I'm doing research for what I want to get for my wife, and I'm looking up different ideas. I'm throwing out hints to see if that would even be something yeah. she might want and, and believing in my heart somewhere that she doesn't actually know that I'm throwing out hints. But I do all this work, and then finally you wrap it. You put it under the tree, and then there's the, the opening. and like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we've done all this for. And so the series like this that's kind of building, it's like I'm just excited for people to get to fully open yeah. this and receive yeah. the entire package, not just the pieces. Um, the piece work is a, is a tension yeah. for me. Whereas like, I might want to say something like, Oh, right. But I, nope. That's two more weeks, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's that two, three weeks of anticipation, like, or, you know, for the procrastinators out there, a few days right. where you're just like, man, I just want you to open this so bad because I know you're going to love it. I know it's going to mean the world to you. It's exactly what you wanted and needed. And it's going to be so, so great. And, uh, yeah, I feel that same tension as we preach through this sermon series yeah. together. So I'm excited. to. It's going to be worth it. I didn't want to just say, like, well, I'm excited to finish it because that sounds like I don't <laughs> like it. But I'm excited for the work of what yeah. God's doing in this to be completed. Yeah. That's, and again, I mean, good. hopefully we go through the the process we read through in the scriptures of building and like being, having this revealed to us in a deep and powerful way that maybe one sermon would just have to gloss through so many details or a couple sermons could just only hit some points yeah. that by the end of this, as we consider the fullness of holiness and our experience of it, God's God's reflection and, and being of it and all these kinds of things like that. There's just so much richness and depth to our understanding and, and, and really our belief and the implications of walking that out yeah. because we, took the time to really try to understand what the scriptures say about holiness. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't think there's anybody that would argue that having a good Friday service before an Easter service is impactful, right? Like, cause you have to sit in that yep. before you get the next piece. And so that kind of idea that in a, in a society of instant gratification and every, all information being at our fingertips, we're so used to being like satisfied in any given moment, at least like our, our intellectual desires. I want the end of the story. You can fast forward, right? It's not yeah. a VHS tape anymore. You just go to whatever yep. digital means. And, um, but to hopefully at least a handful of folks are like actually wrestling with these things week yeah. to week, right? That this isn't just a Sunday thing. This yeah. is a, what does this mean for me every day thing? Yeah. And what I'm excited for this week is we really went into depth of this sacrificial system and how it points to Jesus. But this week we get to talk about like a few of the inherent flaws about this system and why it is not the mm. like ultimate eternal permanent and yeah. best system That's and good. spoiler alert priests are not Jesus. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. That's a good little, little piece to leave us wanting more for uh, this coming Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the extended cut. Pastor Chris, thanks for all your hard work writing this message this last week and as you prepare for this other one i just encourage uh our listeners you know pray for your pastor as as he prepares to preach the word of god because it's a weighty task and he loves to do it for you but pray that god would help him and bless him as uh he tries to bless and encourage you with with a word this weekend so 
Hope that you all have a wonderful week. Join us Sunday, 10.30 a.m. for our next worship gathering. It's going to be a good one. Don't miss it. We'll see you soon.